0: Well, hello everybody and welcome back to The Forgiven Podcast. I am Pastor Logan. I am one of your hosts and And, I have with me... And
1: I'm Pastor Mike. We are glad to be with you and uh, just having an opportunity to share again.
0: Absolutely. And so this week we are talking about back to school. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, Basically, we want to talk about all things back to school. How do you transition well from the easy, laid back you know, chill nature of summer into the busyness yeah. that comes with back to school. How do you do that as a family? How do you do that as a, as a student? Uh, maybe you're transitioning from high school to university. That's a huge jump, right? Or maybe you're going from grade eight to high school. That is another huge thing. We want to talk about that. But really, it all boils down to, to it. How do we as Christians thrive in a post-Christian culture? Yeah
1: yeah like as as we're talking it is kind of the end of august and it's kind of funny how there's a there's a swing in the atmosphere as you get near the end of august because september is coming and there's a seismic shift that comes on you kind of have gone on a a a routine you kind of become loose in the routine and you take the opportunity to be able to go and enjoy the weather and that but in the back of your mind july is great also on August, there's this this little bell that kind of begins to ring, yep, in your head about oh okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to get myself back into a routine, and and it means different things to different people, doesn't it? Absolutely. Now, if you're a parent, you are thinking about all the things that your child is going to need to go into school. And we have a few statistics.
0: Yeah, it was Let's talk
1: about this. It was pretty amazing. It as was we mind looked
0: at blowing it. actually when I started looking into this, and so, um. First of all, I think it's kind of important to understand that in 2021, and our population's only gone up since then, there was 41.9 million students enrolled in public education, and that's grades 1 to 12. So that doesn't include private school.
1: Now, that would be North American or worldwide? That's
0: Canada. That is just Canada. Hold
1: on. 40 million? 49 That's what million?
0: It, the National Center of Education Statistics for Canada says that.
1: What's our population?
0: I think we're hitting 60 million.
1: Wow. So Yeah. So you're saying that forty nine million people of sixty million. Forty one
0: 41 million.
1: Forty one million of our population, population is,
0: is is from grades K to twelve. Wow. When you think about it, though, that's eighteen years. Though that that that's an age range of, well, no, it's not eighteen. That's five, five to eighteen. So yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty nuts. That's why I was so blown away by it. Wow. Yeah, it, it's and so when you think about that, it really goes. It really goes to show how important education and, stu- and school reeling really is because of the massive amount of people that are going through it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so that's a that's a big thing. And, and the thing that I realize is and and again the nice thing the nice thing about uh, as we discuss together uh, because as as you as we have the live podcast, we we kind of have our I don't know if we, we call it debates. But it's the fact that the filter that I see things through is different than the filter that you see things through, and my focus on ministry is the same as yours, but different from yours. It's just a different group of people, and so and so as a result, we see things differently. And it's not that we see them what I when I my am saying is wrong, and what you are saying is wrong. They kind of dovetail. They kind of give more of a rounded view of things, and and I, as as I look at things. I see that there are a number of parents who are coming into my office and we're talking about different things, and there are those who have chosen to put their children through the public school system. And that is a very scary thing with a lot of the advancements and things that are going, which really don't uh, coincide with our faith. And then there are those people who are part of the the Christian school system, and uh, it's almost like a hybrid between the homeschooling yeah. and the... Uh, and the public school system.
0: Well, and then private education too, like, gets thrown into there. Now, I just need to issue a correction. Yes. Okay. I went and looked back at the website that I used for the stats. It is for all of North America, not just Canada, because I was thinking about it and I was like, "There's no way almost a third of our population is 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 students." So well, that's why I said what yeah, I said.
1: I said that doesn't well, sound right. To the date. reason
0: I got confused is the stat below it is specifically for. Canada okay. that came from the same thing because it's for all of North America. So when I read it, I saw Canada and I just got the lines confused. So I'm issuing my own apology, listeners. It is for all of North America, not just Canadians. See, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes too. Yeah. So anyway, now that we got that out of the way, let's keep let's continue on.
1: So uh, as we're trying to think of how to to try and and deal with this subject, we we realize I think first thing we want to do is we want to realize that there's a number of people who are going through stressful times. There is the parent and the parent is, is very much aware of the fact that, that I want, Hey, you know what? The battleground we have, I have found is that, you know, devil seeks to steal, kill and destroy. Yep. Uh, But I think if you are going to hurt me the most, you will hurt me through my children, right? The most valuable thing to me is my children and their soul and their future and and all those things. And I think I speak for mostly, I, if not all parents. I think
0: that's just a paternal right. instinct.
1: And I really believe, and, and if you're a parent listening, it's an important thing to understand that you are not the epicenter of the battle. The epicenter of the battle is your children. And so we're taking we're taking a look at some of the most um, important areas of spiritual battle. And so you have a parent, and the parent is concerned as they are letting their children being educated uh, and going through the educational process. Then there is someone who is in who's just a young child, right? And and maybe they're going from from you know regular. A private or regular public school to junior high or yeah. high school. Yep, and that is huge transition. And at that particular time, hormones are changing, and and there's just different things that are taking place and stuff stuff that they are dealing with that I never ever in a million years thought that they would, or never in a million years did I have to deal with. Even right?
0: m- like even myself, I'm not that far removed from like high school. I graduated. Mm, Yeah. Eight years ago. Yeah. So like, but even some of the stuff that these students are telling me now, I'm like, uh, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Yes. And some of the stuff that they have to deal with, I don't even, I can't even fathom it.
1: And we don't want to be unaware of these things. No. Right? The battle is is a lot deeper than what we think. And the other other group I would think is um, those people who all of a sudden have gone through the high school system and now they're going to college. And it is like throwing someone to the, to the wolves. Oh, absolutely. And I think that if you're a parent and you have children that are going to college university, you are aware of this. And I think that if you are a, a person that is a high school student now going to college, uh, you are aware of the fact that, okay, this is, this is going to be a change. And sometimes we get ambushed, you know, in into the whole process. And so, these are all the feelings that people are dealing with and going through. And so how do we how do we navigate? How do we navigate? And so as we are discussing this, one of the the key things I think as we are planning this, what what you had said, I think, and, and I'll hand this over to you is the fact that if you don't have a good foundation going in, then yeah. you will be in trouble. As you get into the, into some of these pools that you will be swimming in, as you get into the educational system, and as you yeah. begin to go, right? well,
0: it kind of came to me as if you fail the plan, you plan to fail, and so it. Honestly, the reason it all came to me was, um, I remember like when because my mom used to have to work at like seven a.m. every day, so me and my brothers had to be up at like 6 o'clock every day during the school year because yeah. we needed to be dropped off at daycare, and so. But when you're in the summertime you're sleeping in till eight o'clock, whatever you're getting up, watching cartoons, eating the sugary cereal, having fun till, you know, 9am, whatever. And then you're just on a completely different rhythm and your foundation is completely different. And so my mom being the amazing, super smart mom that she was, she was like, okay, it's the last week of summer, kind of before school. She's like, you're going to bed at eight o'clock. You're getting up at six. She's like, we're getting you back into this routine so that it's not a complete shock to you. And you have to like, start, you know, going back to school. And for me, it was awesome. And that's something actually that I still implement to this day with my other rhythms. Like, you know, youth is starting up again. So now I'm starting my schedule. Like, youth is coming up again because I need to just get into that rhythm. And the idea really is, is if we have a summer filled of ungodly behavior, you you know, if you're a student listening to this or a young adult and you spent your summer partying and having fun and, and all this stuff, don't get me wrong, go and have fun. But if the core, if the foundation of that is not a godly one, if it is not a time of, of learning and growing and, and seeking God, and then you try to apply that to an even busier season,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just not going to work. If you don't have your priorities right in the easy time, you're, not gonna ha- you're especially not going to have your priorities right yeah. in the busy time. And I think that goes for families and on all levels. Yeah.
1: Now, we, I remember when I was uh, pastoring in another location, we often had our vacation Bible school. Um, the week before school and a lot of parents enrolled them because they wanted them to get into a routine of getting up and going to something and so we tried to make it as exciting as we possibly could we tailed that onto this huge peach cafe that we did and got the community together for one last kind of hurrah going into the school year and it kind of was successful for Mm -hmm. us and so we we begin to talk about these important things but the one question that i asked myself yeah uh, is what were the things that i implemented as a parent like i've got i've got children that are in their 30s now and uh, you know and i think that all of my kids are past the 25 stage which is kind of scary because i'm such a young guy yeah absolutely and and i don't even think that that's the case so, you know i think it's like incredible that that i'm at this place right now but again what were the things that I implemented, or what were the things that I wish that I implemented, or what would be the things that I would implement now, uh, looking at the world the way it is, and my children passing my faith onto my children, or giving my kids a fighting chance in terms of faith yeah. in today's world? What are the things that I would say are the big rocks within the priorities yeah. for me uh, to implement? as my kids are struggling in this world. I like the
0: way you put it. You said the succession of faith. Yes. I like the way you put that. I think that that
1: is a really good understanding of that. And so what are the things that you put in place to build that foundation? And what are the things that, that are necessary as a parent? And what are some of the things that are necessary as a student? So you might be here listening, and you might be a young adult. or You might be listening, and you are a parent. And hopefully some of these things Will be uh, things that maybe hey we've done that right from the beginning, or maybe there's some things that maybe you won't have figured. And so, so um, I kind of asked Logan, hey, this here's some of the things that are on my heart. And so, um, if I could give these, and we can have a little bit of feedback, yeah, because I'm assuming
0: I'm gonna have some things that, because like you're coming from a from a parent perspective, I'm obviously not a parent, but like I was, just, you know, I'm a young ish. Just in college, you know, didn't graduate that many years ago. It's like I work yes. with our youth, so it's like I have a young person's perspective on it, and you have parental yeah. perspective on it. So I yeah. think we'll be able to create a really good exactly. understanding of this. And
1: this is with the understanding that um, the fact that we have to be part of a world and reach a world, like God has put us in the place that we are right now to reach the people that are around us right now. It's kind of like this. A boat was meant to be in the water, right? Okay. But heaven help the boat in which the water gets into it, right? And these are important things to understand and and to create a life where I'm being effective in terms of my faith for myself, but also for a faith in which I want to to see as many people in heaven as I possibly can around. And God has put me in a place where I'm I I'm called to reach. People and so what I did is I put together the seven Fs of foundational faith and passing my faith or having my kids have a succession in terms of my faith and and so here are the things take them for what you're worth Adam you might have some ideas as you're listening to think here are some things that I did or here are some things that I implement in my life and if that's the case we would love to hear I from was you
0: just gonna say that if you have if you're a parent listening to this and you have tricks tips things that you've implemented please comment them below add them to your review you can email forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca um you can leave comments on instagram facebook all over the place um tell us how you did it encourage other listeners and honestly this might this might this might only be the one time we do this episode Maybe next time we get some parents on here and we discuss what they do in their families or we do a roundtable where we have, you know, two parents and two kids. Yes. And we, and we, we talk about their different um, views on going yes. back to school and all this kind of stuff because um, it's a huge topic and we're just not going to be able to cover it all.
1: And my, and my information and your information is not exhaustive. No. Right? I'm sure that there are other people who have some feedback which would really help. Now, the first thing that I wanted to, to mention, and the things I'm going to mention here are not in levels of importance, right? All of these things, I believe, are equally important. Uh, and one of the things that I feel is important, uh, whether you're here and you're a young adult listening, or whether you are here and you're a parent listening, or maybe you're just here and you're just at the beginning levels of faith, and you're wanting to know a little bit more. The first thing that, that I think is important is what I call family altar, the first F, family altar. And what a family altar is, is a time where a family regularly gets themselves together to pray, uh, to, to read the scriptures, and to talk and discuss faith, right? There is a, I think it was, I, I'm not too sure, I think it was J. Edgar Hoover that made the statement, it says, the family that prays together stays together. And that has been a, that has been a, a tagline, I believe, for, for many organizations that believe in prayer, and so, you know, we have to, we need to realize that, that family altar is a good thing. And the reason that family altar is a good thing is because it levels our faith and what we believe as a priority. If we sit down and discuss it as a family all the time, it becomes the priority. And what happens is uh, you are allowed to allow your kids to hear you articulate faith and its importance for it. And you, you allow your children to hear you pray. And it is it is something about the fact that that in terms of, of living out our faith, there has to be a routine <laughs> that there is those times where we're, every day we are sitting and we are we are discussing and going through the fact that this is so important that we take time every day to put it. So family altar would certainly be to me an important an important aspect of faith because that eventually it's not you know our faith is not, created and advancing in a day it, it advances daily every single day the small things that we put together so family altar to me is huge what do you think
0: i think that's not even just something that families do let's say you're a new student and you've moved away right. from your family yeah find a good group of people around you to talk these things out to get prayer from to you know get involved with your local church doesn't have to be us but you know if you're in brandon come check us out like Get a support system around you that will discuss these things with you, yep. that will that will pray for you, that will, you know, be this family altar. And also, just because your family is, you know, a thousand kilometers away or whatever, doesn't mean they still can't pray for you or can't be involved in that kind of thing. Like when I was in Bible college, one of the only ways that I actually stayed connected with my family mostly because I was just really busy and I was maturing and all this kind of stuff. But my mom would come to me with like prayer requests because she knew as a Christian and, and that's how we connected a lot. That is how we, I was able to talk a lot of things about life and faith with her and kind of, kind of rebring her back Mm -hmm. to the church was, was it started through that. She would ask me questions about my assignments or what I was working on. And, and it was through that we've built this like even stronger relationship. Mm -hmm. That's great. That we have today. And so, don't be afraid to like to, to reach out and ask for yeah. help.
1: Now, I, I found as well, and, and this is coming from a person when my secondary education was Bible college, that the times that I actually learned how to pray and implement a daily regimen mm-hmm. in terms of my faith was when I was in college, that all of a sudden I realized the importance. I was told of the importance. You know, we are told that, well, this is what you need to do. But there's something that happens when we go to college or, or university, university yeah. age where we come to the realization that this needs to be my faith. I'm either going to choose to serve Jesus or I'm not. And part of that was the fact that there needed to be a time where, where the faith became mine and the faith became something that I had to take seriously. And that's when all of a sudden the things come in. No, I have to daily. I need to daily prepare myself for the things the regiments and the things that are going to come about me every day so family altar is kind of a wide thing but I'm thinking if you're thinking as a as a family that's something which is crucial uh, to have and and I you know even as I look back I wish that I would have even focused even more than I did on it there was daily times where I spoke to my kids and you know yeah the one of the regrets is that I I I wish that I would have spent even more time as a family altar the other thing that I have, and, and many may not realize this, but the second emphasis, is this, Father's influence. Yeah. Statistics have shown that the children often take the cue of the Father in terms of spiritual things, and they have found that even if the Father goes to church but doesn't serve Jesus, then that doesn't go by the kids as well. Kids will see the faith of the Father, and that will be an important thing. And so, dads, if you are listening to this, you can't default your job onto mom or anybody else. And the the exuberance and the passion with which you serve Jesus will ultimately rub off on your children. And um, and I don't know if there's another way that I can say that with more, uh, with more impact. And it's something which is often overlooked. And so, if I can encourage every father who is listening, to say this, how you serve Jesus, implements the future faith of your child. Unequivocally,
0: you yeah, unequivocally agree. Because didn't grow up with really my dad, so I didn't have that necessarily. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and so for me, like I just had amazing youth leaders and you know friends kind of step up and and take on that role. Uh, and I'm extremely grateful um for them like yeah. to do that but it's it is absolutely true in my children's ministry class there's a saying you w- you win the dad you win the household yes and and so it's kind of stems from the idea that if you win the yeah. kids you win the household but um it's we don't have to get too too much into it but God was clear when he made the father the head of the household there is an extra spiritual weight and responsibility that comes with being a father it's just it's just yeah. the reality of the situation and the job that, that you
1: willingly signed up for yeah. so like and and i didn't have a father a spiritual father like my dad didn't serve the lord as far as i know he didn't and and even for yourself you didn't have that example and i believe that god had kind of created and had really strong men influenced me. As I look back, there were men that were, were there. And, and so maybe you're 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 listening and you don't have kids or yeah. anything like that. You can still have an influence to the younger people yes. that, that you associate and you can be a mentor and you can, can, like, they're not only looking at their dad, but they're looking at men in general. Yes, exactly. Who are going to live it out.
0: And if you're, you know, a student right now who doesn't have a dad, find somebody like, if you go to church, fantastic. Yeah. Talk to your pastor. Find a male role model that can come mm-hmm. alongside you and can, like, you know, and can help you. Because here, here's the reality. I didn't know how to shave. So I watched a YouTube video. And that's how I learned how to use, like, my first my first razor and stuff. And no, I'm not saying that as, like, a sappy thing. I wouldn't necessarily have wanted a some random friend of mine to teach me that. Um but we don't have to do these things alone. So like if you're a if you're a parent listening to this and your kids' friends are coming over, that is an incredible opportunity to to reach out to them and to love on them and to do that. Like, do you know, like, I have like a second mom is literally what I call her in my phone. Her it has her first name and then it says second mom. And they're not even really Christian. But they loved on me from the start, like, and they still do to this day. If I ever have a problem, I could go to to the mom and the dad and be like, hey, I'm in trouble. I need help. And they would drop everything and help me.
1: You need those people in your life. Absolutely. Now, when I was shaving, I didn't have YouTube. (laughs) That's fair. I'm just trying to figure out now. I'm so old now that I can't remember how, when I first started shaving, maybe it was just peach fuzz. Just oh, peach yeah. fuzz the first time around, so yeah. it didn't really matter a whole lot.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it was just it was just like my mom literally came downstairs one time and I hadn't shaved ever. And she's like, We're going to the store. She's like, I'm sick and tired of looking at that fuzz on your on your face. And I was like, What? I went to the store, bought razors, and she's like, figure it out. And so then I watched some YouTube videos and and I figured it out. Um But yeah, if you, like young adult men and just all of them, we just yeah, what you
1: said is has never been more true. Father's, the father's influence. Family altar, father, father's influence. Third one is this, and I think it's important, and I think it's overlooked. Face the questions hmm. that we are finding that, you know, as a child grows up, their faith needs to become real, but they need to have an answer. And here's the thing. Many times we don't have an answer in terms of what we believe. And as parents, we need to know why we believe. And they can't be superficial answers that we kind of think, okay, well, that's good enough for me because many times it's not good enough for our kids. And so we really need to have a reason for the hope that is in us. This is what Peter says. Yeah, You, know, you need to be able to give an answer of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so I've come to realize that it was important for me to answer the questions. And if I didn't, have an answer for the questions to be able to find the answer for the questions. And so it's always great. And there's a number of tools that we have now, which are great, like Answers in Genesis. Uh, And this is why I think every other year we like to have uh, those people who are part of Creation Ministry come in, because because those are questions that are being asked, asked at the university level. And sometimes they look like they're difficult questions, but sometimes they're easy to answer if you know where to go for them. And so, you know, a case for faith was something that uh, my son read, and I think that that helped him out a great deal because there was a lot of questions that he had. And as he read that, there were certain things that were that he was able to figure out that were articulated better than I could ever articulate. Yep. And so it, it was part of his journey to be able to do that. He had to do that himself, but I think that we, we led them to a couple of places. There are certain websites that talk about, uh, now, the term that, that is used as apologetics it is which is not quite the same thing no but it is it is the fact that it is important to answer questions and not to be afraid that there's not answers because there are answers for our faith and we need to be proactive as parents and again this is kind of the angle that i take things is that there has to be a way that you find out the answer and many times there hasn't been a time where i'm like oh well i'm You know, the faith that I have is bankrupt. I didn't even realize it. No, there's always been an answer. And you might be here again, listening as a high school student and listening as a university student. And you went to your parents and you didn't have an answer. You know what? There are so many good things online for you to figure it out yourself as well. So it's not, if your parents don't have the answer and they don't give you an adequate answer, it's up for you to be able to look deeply into these things. And there's lots of good websites There's lots of things that you can go to. But the the fact is that we need to face the questions. Don't cower. Yes. Don't cower over hard questions. Because
0: here's the reality. Parents, if you are not willing to answer the question, your child, your student is going to go and find the answer. Now, where they get that answer and the information that they receive is completely open to anything. Yeah. So if you want them to have a good understanding of 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 faith, then you need to show them that. Yeah. So you if you're if your son is asking or daughter or whatever is asking questions about you know a relationship about sex about pornography whatever, yeah. you need to give them the tools and the proper understanding yeah. of where to look and because. The reality is, is the world will chew them up and spit them out yeah. very quickly, yeah. especially with like the Internet. They, everybody has the power of a computer in their pocket. And so yeah. students will look for the first thing they see on Google and they'll read it. And that is what they will base their yeah. understanding on. And it just will yeah. not be good.
1: There's a There's a proverb that says somebody has a really good argument until someone else has something to say. And that's true. Absolutely. And there have been times where people have come to me and said, hey, what about this? I said, well, have you considered this as well? Yeah. Right? And and so many times there is an answer if you're willing to find it. And Christianity stands on its own. It has been... It it has been in existence for thousands of years because there is an answer and yeah. there are some important things to consider and it's not just your university professor who you exactly. kind of see as the the authority who says something to challenge your faith doesn't mean that that it is the end all and be all exactly. there are answers exactly for it.
0: that's and that's just one thing that I would caution the students specifically about right now yes listen and respect the authority of your teachers and your professors absolutely. But they have opinions, and they will share those opinions with you, and they may try to share those opinions as fact. And that's not true. And so we need to be very careful, and everybody listening, you need to be diligent about that. Even listening to this podcast is Pastor Mike and I's opinions. Some of the stuff is biblical fact, and it is truth, but some of it is opinion. And so you need to listen to that and have an understanding. Yeah. Of that, I just I'm yeah. not trying to make I'm not trying to scare people away or anything no. like that or get too deep into the weeds of, of you know free thought and and all that kind of stuff. But it's just we need to it, parents if you are not authentically yeah. filling your kids with something and your students and asking them questions about these things, they don't uh. logically think about things, and so they never learn how to think for themselves, to, and then they just are fed what is fed to them
1: to to hide to hide behind. Um, superficial arguments is the worst thing to do. Yeah. Face truth because there is an answer, and our faith does stand strong in yes. the in the midst of scrutiny. And if you if you try and just superficially answer questions that that are a band aid, then what happens is the the, the the your children. you can say, well, if that's if it's if that's the case, if what you're believing is superficial here. Maybe the whole thing is superficial. Yes, and so you need to be you need to be aware of those things and not be afraid. Right? It requires diligence on your part, but it's important. You know, the, we, the faith that we have is real and it's truthful, and there is there is room for an answer. And so it's important. I believe that's an important aspect of things. The other thing that I think is important, the other F, which is this, is to have a firm example. And so, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is this, is that perhaps as a and I was a youth pastor for like a dozen years as well before being a senior pastor, and, and one of the main reasons I believe that young people leave faith. And it's another or maybe it's one of the underlying reasons is hypocrisy. Absolutely. So what happens is uh they are told this is what we're supposed to believe and this is how we're supposed to live, and then the parents go. And even though they have an ideal, they really don't live it out. Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect because you don't. Uh, Some of the best learning lessons that happen are when you mess up and you say, wow, I messed up because you're never, ever going to be perfect. There's going to be flaws. There's going to be things that all of us battle with. But if you have an authentic faith and you continually come to the realization and it becomes the lesson that the child learns. My mom and my dad loved Jesus. Were they perfect? No. In the times where they weren't perfect, they admitted it. Then there's a, a level of authenticity to faith that comes. But if you hide, again, if you hide the 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 uh, what was it? Uh, the way I would say it, the practical life aspect from the this is what it says to do. If there's a disparity, if there's a separation between the two, then what happens is the faith that they see becomes something which is not authentic and something real. And so I think that we're living in a day where we're looking for something authentic, not something, not something perfect,
0: but uh, but, but something
1: which is authentic and real. And if you can live that out, and if you can show the the your, your children or if you are a young adult, if you can live out your faith and you mess up and you get up and you just are authentic about your faith, then that makes a huge example to the people that are around you. And that goes,
0: young people aren't just leaving because of their parents. It's not just the hypocrisy they see in their parents. It's the hypocrisy they see in culture, in the world. Mm-hmm. Some of the, you know, younger students and stuff that I knew in other churches, you know, I'll talk to them now and they don't, they don't serve Jesus, and I'll talk to them about it. And they're like, "Well, you know, we're you know, you taught us this, this, and this, but it's like other churches aren't doing it, other Christians aren't behaving like that, mm-hmm. and then and then it gives them a green card to then.
1: So you're kind of seeing even on a wider <clears throat> level than abs- just yes, your absolutely on a Within, wider level. And now, you know here's here's the thing for me. Um, there will always be phonies. There will always be people who will profess a faith that they don't live out, and I never ever like to put myself on a pedestal because I realize that that I will always fall off that pedestal. I always want to kind of put myself at an even level that yeah. says I'm just a human, absolutely that, that that has to be able to do that. But I have found that my faith was forged on those people that I've seen. The, the reason that I'm serving God today has been because I've seen the, that authentic faith lived out, right? How many times we can get our eyes off that? And many times, maybe you are here and you are a victim of abuse or you're a victim of church abuse. And if that's the case, boy, I apologize uh, for that. And again, we're always living with imperfect people. But in the midst of that, If you can see the authenticity around of people who really do, and I'm hoping as parents, as a parent, that was the one thing that I thought. I don't want my kids to be seen as pastor's kids who were supposed to live a life above because they were the pastor's kid, right? My thought is, listen, you be who you are, and we will deal with people who have expectations for you that are unrealistic.
0: That's a really good way to do that, because I've talked to some of my closest friends are pastor's kids, and... They had the opposite experience. Oh, I've had
1: to, I've had to confront people in the congregation. Say, you know, don't ever say, "You're a pastor's kid," because that puts that puts a a level that they'll never ever be able to achieve. And so that was the kind of thing. You just be who you are. Don't be anything other than that. And the thing is, I have to be who I am. Yeah, I can't be anything other than that. And so my kids will be able to tell you that there are flaws in me but I don't think that I ever hid them from them, but I dealt with them in the essence of faith at the particular time. Which is right? good.
0: That Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, youth today are so entwined with culture and they live their lives online. And so That's they good. see these Christians that they've been following and then they see them, you know, stumble or they don't even necessarily see them stumble, but they learn that just their whole thing was fake. Mm-hmm. And then they're thinking, well, if that person's you know faith is fake how strong is mine
1: passionately follow jesus and be authentic about it
0: yeah it's just it's really hard because yeah they want to model themselves after these empowered I, I myself included there were some big you know bill hybels loved bill hybels absolutely loved him as a young college student read some of his books all this stuff and then all this all his controversy comes out and then it's like yeah, I was a little more solid and mature in my faith that I could recognize that. Hey, you know, we're I don't have to base anything of off off of that. Yeah. But it still raises it raises an important question in my life of like, is this really
1: for me? Well, take a look at all the people in Scripture. How many of them were perfect?
0: Yeah, one,
1: <laughs> one or two maybe. You take a look. Wow, Joshua did pretty good. Daniel did pretty good. There's you know, there's a few examples, but by far, by far, the the people who we take a look at in terms of faith were absolutely unqualified to be able to say some of the things and they that they did and they admitted it yeah and so that 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 pattern is seen in and through our lives faith uh a faith a uh, firm example was the other one right um the other one the other thing that um that i have uh, it's called what i called is faith i'm sorry, not faith um yeah faith faith exposure yeah and what I what I mean by faith exposure is that often I came to the reality that my kids were exposed to media and by the teachings of people that may not share my faith and that they are continually bombarded with that how do I level that balance mm. so if your child spends a hundred hours on social media and on, you know, some of the things that, that are influencing them for the negative, what am I implementing in their lives for the positive? You know, so it, I think it's important to be able to think of different things and have them exposed to to strong elements of faith that give them an, a chance to be able to live out their faith on a daily basis. And so, uh, again, as we kind of end the summer, and I'm not too sure when you're listening to this. You might be listening to this, and it might be Christmas time. But when we're doing this, it's kind of the the Everything the we're saying is, yeah. is
0: applicable to every season of life.
1: That I think as I look back, uh, some of the most impactful times for me was youth convention, was um, the discipleship programs that were offered to me. Uh, youth camp and kids camp, where they have a week where they're set apart. They don't have their their phones or they don't have all those influences, and they actually have a time to focus on God. You know, we have in the church here devoted ministry, where mm-hmm. where we have, you know, Pastor Stephen who just pours into people in terms of the fact that your faith is not just something that you know; it is something that you live out, you apply, and you apply to your life. Yeah, we and, train them, well. and we have. Youth, I think that some of the most impactful times were some of the youth rallies I went to, some of the youth nights that I went to, where God spoke and challenged to me, well, that was just an hour a week. You know, the rest of the whatever dozen hours that I had a week were in this battle uh, for my kids' minds, their souls, their attention, and all these things. And you have all these things, and if you don't, if you don't temper that, if you don't add some of the things which are good for them in terms of challenging them in their faith then they are they are fighting a battle where they have many hours in one arena and few hours in the other yeah uh, i what was the other thing that we often had before covid was the power weekend power weekend was just a weekend away where they could just focus on god and so those were good things and i'm hoping that we can implement them again and i'm hoping that that if we have a vacation Bible school, it's a week. It's a week where they focus on God. You know, if we can, the more that we can create and the more that we can provide and the other things that we can have, the uh, youth discipleship, I remember, was six weeks. I think it was six weeks anyways. Well, I focused those six weeks then on God. And so I believe that those are huge times. As I look back in my faith, there was a time at an altar where I, I changed uh, because I spent a weekend away just learning Uh, from the word of God, we need those times. Those are some of our, our biggest faith hangers where we hang our faith on those experiences that we have. So, and as a youth pastor, I guess I would imagine you still see that, don't you?
0: Absolutely. Like some of the nights where I didn't think there would be any type of reaction to, to the message or whatever was the night that there was the most. And, um, you know, we're doing something very intentional with youth this fall and you talked about when we talked about um I don't remember. When you were talking about uh, the creation ministries oh, and uh Yes. Um Yes, face we, questions. Yeah, face the questions. The thing that that was the biggest thing for me, and it and it fits perfectly along with exposure in this one, um, faith exposure is if we're doing Alpha. Alpha is an incredible program. <laughs> um to uh to answer life's big questions is literally its entire purpose. Yeah. And so um if you're a student or a young person, find an alpha. Seriously, like if you don't want to sit there and read a book and you want to be around like other people who might be having the same not even might will be having the same questions as you, talk to your church about an alpha because it is something that I've gone through both as a youth, I went through it once just as a regular attendee, I have led you know, one I've read, I've led one round of youth alpha, and one I've helped lead one round of you know adult alpha, and it's it's an amazing program that literally teaches you the life's big questions yeah. about faith, and so. Um, but um, the reason that it is so good is they do an amazing job at exposure their market and like this is going to be a little nerdy but their marketing is insane their branding is nuts like it is so synonymous and so well put together that like it is just world renowned for like how good it is they hey, have navigated the algorithms of Instagram and YouTube mm-hmm. and all these things to like maximize yeah their reach and they put out such good faith based content for well, people to digest. You
1: know what I think? I think that every once in a while there is a program, a simple program many times that comes around that God just says God just uses it. I think there's sometimes there's just special things that have the touch of God and Alpha, I think would certainly be that because it's affected mm-hmm. so many people. And in terms of exposure
0: too, I fell victim to this so hard as like a young teenager and young adult where it's like I like I love video games to this day. Still, I play them lots. It's it's one of my hobbies. I love it. And video games can be a great tool and also a detriment to students mm-hmm. because now you now a student has to choose between you know raiding with their friends or sitting down and doing their biology homework. And I think nine times out of ten, parents are gonna say their kids gonna go and choose to raid with their friends and not you know, do the biology homework. And so for me, it was hard. It was a
1: real struggle to to balance that. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about faith exposure, right, and, and the fact that we need to provide those opportunities, take a look. If you have been a Christian for any length of time and there have been times where God has advanced your faith, many times those instances have happened when you have found yourself in a time alone with God. Yeah. And specifically set apart where you're quiet and you're not distracted by anything other than the fact that you have devoted this weekend to God or you've devoted this week to God or you've devoted whatever small amount of time for God and you quiet yourself down and you get rid of the distractions and God is actually able to speak into your life. And my life changed once I got my priorities yeah, straight. And- yeah. And if, and if I have that for my life as an adult now, what's to make us think that our children are not the same way? Yep. It's, right? it's and if a- you're a young adult, it's the same way. You need to take those times where you have a faith exposure that gets you past the 100,000 hours where you're bombarded with stuff the opposite way. Yeah. So faith exposure, the other one here, this is, it goes without saying, but I believe that it has become the thing that we say and the thing that we do not do. Hmm. fervent prayer, to be praying, to be continually praying, to be able to be purposeful in your prayer times. I remember there was a time in this church where I, I was youth pastor. I was in your position like 25 years ago, and, and there were a number of parents that were concerned over the fact that their kids were leaving the faith. And so a number of parents got together, and it, the number slu- slowly grew to the point where there were a large amount of parents praying, and nothing happened for like two years. And then there was a breakthrough, and we began to see a number of these children return to their faith and uh, and become strong in their walk with God. And uh, and again, the Scripture says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, avails a lot of the time. And so the most powerful weapon that we have, we need to employ. Yes. Not just pay homage to it. Here's the problem. We are living in a time where there's so many other distractions that prayer is the thing that we pay homage to. Oh, yes, we need to pray. Yes, prayer is the thing that will do it. But when it comes time to doing it, we don't. And when it becomes time to deal with the most important things in our lives, it becomes the secondary option. And I'm, uh, the hope is especially when it comes to the most important things, to realize that we are daily bringing our children before the Lord or we're bringing our faith before the Lord. And that, beca- that needs to become something which is huge. And uh, and I, as I wrote that down, I realized that, yeah, everyone's going to agree with that. But the challenge is to be able to employ that into everyday life so that it becomes a powerful thing that God has intended it to be. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So that, Then that goes for everybody doesn't matter if you're a parent, student, teacher, whatever, pray. Yeah. It is the most reliable, powerful, emotive, connective way that we can, you know. And also
1: the most untapped thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I The way you said it, it really hit me. It, it actually just hit me like a truck. We pray homage to prayer. We don't actually pray. Yeah. Like it's, like, it's like showing your respects for something. You do it out of obligation as opposed to, like, yeah. actually wanting to do it.
1: And, and while I have the opportunity, I believe that as individuals we need to pray. But there is a particular um, power that happens when you corporately find people to pray with together, when you are unified under Christ, agreeing upon something which I believe is important. You know, so there's there's an extreme power to corporate prayer, whether that's two or it's a small group of people saying, listen, we're going to pray for our kids. We refuse to let our children be lost. And so I'm going to pray for your child, and you're going to pray for my child, and we're going to continually agree together that God is going to see them through difficult times and difficult seasons in their lives so that when at the end of the day, they're going to serve Jesus for the fact that they choose to serve Jesus. So... Prayer, man, that is something that that probably should have been on the very front of the list. Again, all the things that I'm mentioning are not, not in, in a order. significant
0: order. They're yes. just in the order you came to them.
1: The last one is this, um, is what I call family of God, and this becomes in, important now because I think we are so busy, we are so inundated, and we have so many things to choose from that. Church sometimes takes on a secondary role. But as I take a look at my faith, the church was a huge portion of that. There were certain people that paid a huge role in my in my faith, in my advancement of my faith. And, and I was part of the same church from the time I accepted Jesus as a young teenager, from the time that I went to Bible college, uh, I was part of the same church and was involved in that church. And there was something about my growth that happened when I was there every week, right? And now as a pastor, you know, okay, he's the pastor. He wants me to come to church every week. I think it's, I'm hoping that it will extend past that. But there's an importance of the fact that you need help outside of yourself yes. in, terms, in terms of... Uh, living out your faith in terms of growing in faith and people need you as well. A lot of times we think selfishly about this. Well, I need people, but the thing is people need you. And I think that, that as we, as we go ahead over the next generation, there'll be a huge price to pay in terms of our attitude and church attendance and in in terms of saying, staying faithful to a church, Mm. be part of a church. This is your church family. Okay, you say this is my church family, and I'm going to be involved in this church, and I'm going to worship at this church, and there are people I'm going to pray for in this church, and there's people I'm going to support in this church. When you have children, you dedicate those children to the Lord, and part of that dedication is that you are saying to yourself, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to choose to to allow my children to to serve Jesus." But also part of a, de- a de- baby dedication is this: God, I surrender this child to you, and this is the congregation that I am going to raise this child in so that they can help in the process. Yeah, absolutely. My faith was forged because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and there were influential people who helped me, and one was a pastor who was there all the time for me. The other one was my friends' parents who were there, and then there were just individuals who somehow came into my life that became part of the process of my growth. Yep. And it is a huge component of our children's faith and in our faith, to be able to say, "This is my church. This is where I worship. Here's the people that I support." And so, um, those would be, those would be of the the things that I think I incorporate, and I think we should incorporate. Those are the, the things, you know, to have family altar, to have a father's influence, to face the questions, to have a firm example, to have uh, uh, faithful exposure, uh, to face the questions, fervent prayer and family of God. So those are the things. I, and and again, you might be here and you say, you know what, here's another thing. And I'm hoping that that somehow has, has helped in the process or something that kind of has mulled over in your head something to think about because maybe not all of them have gotten you, but maybe one or two have gotten you. So the other thing that we wanted to talk to as we, we kind of wind things up yeah. is the fact that we wanted to talk about practically now yep. you're a you're a, uh, you know you do social media but you also take on the youth portfolio portfolio of the church here. And probably one of the biggest challenges that you have uh, we had how many graduate from 15 15 people who've graduated from from um, from high school and either are getting a job here in town or are going to university in another town or going to university here.
0: Yeah, another country.
1: Another country. We got, yeah. yeah. And
0: so um, I just wanted to end. It, we've been pretty serious, and it's yeah. important to be serious, but I wanted to end a little bit lighthearted, too, because school should be fun, and university is a great time. And I just wanted to give a couple of applicable bits and pieces of knowledge, wisdom that you can apply to yourself in university, and even as a parent maybe, um, like how you thrived as a student and Um, That kind of stuff doesn't necessarily have to be specific study tips because everybody studies differently. But even just the fact that you actually should do your homework and study like, I feel like kind of dumb saying that. But I almost rarely did my homework in grades nine and 10. I almost never did it. If it was reading for like English class, I would skim it and kind of get the gist of what was said so that you know I could write on it. Or, you know, if it was math, I would kind of do a question here and a question there just to kind of you know, say that I did it, even though like I never really did. Um, And that really bit me in the butt hard because come 11 and grade 11 and 12, when it's like, oh, I want to start applying at universities, starting to think like, oh, I might go be a social worker or I might, you know, go do this and that. It's like, oh, I need a certain, you know, grade point average. I didn't have that. And so it's like I needed certain classes. I was taking the really sort of bare minimum kind of classes because I wasn't the best student. And so I didn't study. I didn't apply myself that much. And then I had to really grind my last two years of school in all my classes. And I had to study. And it sucked because I had no idea how to do it. And even still to this day, I'm not that good at studying. But I force myself to do it when I have work to do because it, it really makes you get better. So if you're sitting here listening in high school or whatever – don't be like me. Attempt, apply yourself, try and do your homework, try and study, read ahead, do the stuff that the teacher is telling you to do because it will make it easier for you in the long run. And parents, please, please get after your students if they're not doing your homework. That was something that my mom kind of never was that strict about. Like if there was a big test or something, she would make sure that like, we studied and like they used to send home spelling assignments every week. And so she would make sure that we did those. But other than that, she didn't really take a huge like, you know, interest in that because it was like, she was like, well, you know, she just kind of was like, they're not that good at school. They're not that good at school. um, And that's, that's not her fault. That's my fault. Cause I just lied to her and told her mm-hmm. I was doing my homework. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, parents, please like take an active role in that. Mm-hmm. Check your students' homework don't have to be right, but mm. and you don't have to be a dictator about it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something that is that is this like dictator thing. But it could just be like, hey, like how is your homework doing? What are you working on? Maybe I can help you, mm. right? And it's like that's a good way to spend time together too. Sure. So sure, that's that's Here's, one. Can I can I
1: temper that? Yeah. Because I was asking myself what would be one thing that I would say, and it would be the eighth F. That I okay. Have. It would be just fun. I think I think we serve the most um creative and um the 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 most I don't know, just so the God we serve sometimes appears to be boring or seems to be the killjoy. Yeah. And I think that it should be the opposite. That that our faith should be fun. Our faith should be funny. Absolutely. God that, has a sense of humor. In my household one time One time we were um, we were at someone's house and and it was a relative of ours and I knew that they were having problems and we were there staying at their place and they remarked at the fact that there was so much laughing. He says, "We don't have that laughter in our household." I'm thinking to myself, "Boy, we 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 serve the most expressive and and fun God. That God is about life to the full, and that there has to be this this element of." Humor, it has to be an element of laughter, has to be an element of life, joy, peace. Yeah. All of these things. And we forget. You know, we kind of get so focused on, oh, we got to be this, we've got to be this way, we've got to live that way, we've got to have all those things, and those are true. They're not getting away from the fact that there's an element of living pure, holy lives in that. But in that process, we don't check in. Our sense of humor at the door, or or to be able to just enjoy life. Why would I want to serve God if it is just a killjoy and and a boring essence? And if that's what your faith is, I think that you're missing out on some of the best things that God has for us. Couldn't agree more. Right? That there has to be a level of joy, a level of fun, a a, a level of humor, and 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 just. I'm glad I kind of as I was listening to you talking there, just because I was I was kind of thinking, what would be the one thing I say, man? It's just the the we should be living the most joyful, fun, funny. Day. People should be taking a look at our lives and saying, man, I want what that person has because it's just so wonderful. They're laughing all the time, they're smiling all the time, they're getting the best out of their life, and they're not drinking, yeah, and they're not partying. Well, what's with that? If I have to, if I have to jumpstart my joy with alcohol or drugs or anything like that, is is that really a life to live? We have the answer. We have something which which the scriptures um, promise us to have fullness of joy, joy to the full. Yep. And I believe that needs to come out in our faith. And if it doesn't, then people will be scratching and say, why would I want what you want? Yep. Some of the
0: most fun memories that I ever have were not drinking or partying or anything like that. It was you know, doing this or that with my family, you know, having a fire, we had a fire pit in our backyard. We used to, you know, have like, and my, like my house was literally right next to my elementary school. We shared a parking lot to get into my part, to get into our, you know, parking garage. You needed to go through the school's staff parking lot. So like, all of the friends and stuff like that around our house always seen our backyard we had a trampoline fire pit all this kind of stuff and as we kind of matured and got a little older we just always had people coming over mm-hmm. always there was always a friend over there was always somebody using the fire pit and and whatever and my mom was like she didn't drink we didn't she didn't do any of that at least not when we were around. And we would have people over, and we didn't drink. We didn't, and we would have so much fun. And people would be walking by, students, and they'd hear about it, and they'd want to come see. And like their parents would be like, "There's no drinking. Look, like they're not doing that." We're like, "No, we don't need that to have fun." Yeah. So
1: I can pursue holiness and purity, and still have the greatest time of fun and excitement and humor. You know, we just just be able to learn to laugh and and to really enjoy life because. God desires to give us life to the full. What does that look like? Well, it's not sitting around navel gazing and, and just, you know, having my my eyes on a scripture and and that these are important yeah. things. I, I don't want to belittle those things. But the fact that I think that God wants us to be able to experience life to the full and so do your kids. Yep. Right? And if all of a sudden you that becomes the one thing that you feel we have to take out, that's the wrong thing. So... Anyways, well, yep. that's 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 all I have to offer. And maybe you are listening and you have something else to offer. Or maybe you're here and you are having questions and you're saying, I need to discuss this further. Then I just want to say that we're here for you. And again, the, the purpose of this podcast is to bring you along one step at a time. Right? And, and so the process is to incrementally step us ahead. And I'm hoping that maybe some of these things might be able to help in that process. So
0: i think it does i think this is a really fun this was a really good episode and i think we could probably do a i'm gonna plan we're gonna plan a part two of this probably won't be next time it probably won't be the next episode because i want to get a parent and a student to join us um because i think there would be a lot more that we could discuss um from that from you know to just nail. <laughs> now lined you are parents um so yeah i just wanted to take a second to thank everybody for listening Um, yes
1: please and and share if if it's if it's beneficial to you hopefully it'll be beneficial to someone else absolutely so so make sure that you're you're sharing it and it's not like we are have aspirations to to you know have the world's biggest podcast but we want to be effective in reaching people so that's our that's where our hearts are at.
0: absolutely and so please share it that is like the if you ever are like wow i love this and i want to support you don't need to give us money hit the share button that's that's the biggest thing you do the second and biggest thing you do is leave a review and be honest in your review spotify and apple and i think amazon now have a review thing in board you can give us five four whatever stars and be brutally honest with your review if you think we're bad i want to know so that then we can improve so please leave an honest review you're not going to hurt my feelings might hurt Pastor Mike's, but, uh, of course you're going to hurt Mike, but that's
1: okay. <laughs> um, Hey, can I close on a word? Of prayer? Absolutely. Well, we just, um, but we're up against a huge battle and, uh, we have to continually look to you to help us with the process, whether, whether there are people who are listening and they're in school and they're facing a battle or whether they're going to university and they're not too sure what they're facing, but they're determined going into university to serve you. And so Lord, I just pray that, uh, that you will help them to obtain the foundation that they need to. For those of us who are parents, and the most valuable thing to us is our our kids, give us wisdom every day, and let us exhibit a life to them which is life to the full. And we just pray, Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit to be in all of our conversations, and that, God, uh, you will help us, Lord, to be passionate followers of Jesus. And so we give this all to you. And we pray, Father, that uh, this will go out to minister to whoever you want to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate the time. God bless.